can bring in Ryan Roberts. Ryan Roberts is a draft analyst for RiseAndDraft.com. He jumps on with us now. Let's start with the beginning of the second round tonight, Ryan. And Will Levis finally getting drafted, falls out of the first round, ends up going to Tennessee. Your thoughts on his drop, but also now the situation where he is with the Titans. I mean, I was, I was shocked, to be honest with you guys. Uh, this was one of those – Will Levis was not going to be, you know, fall into the second round was not on my bingo card at all, you know. This was one of those situations where you had heard just kind of lean up from every vantage point that the NFL was really high on Will Levis. So when he starts to fall, I guess your first impulse is what exactly is the reason for this fall, right? And, and honestly, like, I'm not the biggest Will Levis fan of all time, so I, I definitely get some of the – Hesitation for the film, right? I think that there's some processing issues, and despite him, you know, being a fifth-year senior, being a 24-year-old quarterback, I still think there's a lot of room that needs to be done. But I'll say this: Tennessee Titans, I think, being a, beginning of the second round, I, I think it's a really nice fit for him, just in general, for a couple a couple variety of reasons. One, I think you're going to go to a team that is going to be a heavy run play action type team, which I think will, with his ability to kind of be a little bit of a vertical push type of quarterback, you know, a guy that's going to really run some vertical stretch and get the ball down the football field. I think that that is plays perfect into his, his skill set. Obviously you have Ryan Tannehill with the Tennessee Titans as well. So there's not a immediate need for him to start game one for the Tennessee Titans. So you can be a little bit of a slow movement as far as the development for him. So I think it's a really good fit. And I think he kind of fits that profile. He fits kind of the, Philosophy that I think the Tennessee Titans are trying to build. And I actually think it's a really good spot for him. And he's a second-round pick, so there's not going to be as much of a – if he's not good right out of the gates, we're all going to panic and lose our minds, right? You put you put a second-round pick into him, there's a little bit of an understanding that you're not putting the highest investment, obviously. Ryan, two quarterbacks I really like. One's probably maybe has a shot to be a starter. The other's going to be a career backup. That's uh, Jay Kaner. I love Jay Kaner. I get that he's small. God, he loves him so much. And then you have Hendon so Hooker, much. who's still – you know, on the board right now, he's probably not going to play football this year. He's coming off an injury. We know the offense he played in the Hypels offense and a bunch of wide open guys that he was throwing to. He's older. I get all the knocks, but where do you think he goes? When does he go? And does he have a shot to be a starter in this league? Yeah, I, I, first and foremost, I, I share your same sentiment about Jake Hayner, man. Yes. He's one of my favorite players in this class. He's, Part of I line. think he's the clearest. He's just going to be a good backup in the NFL for a long time, you know. And it wouldn't be would it be shocking if he starts some games down the road. Like he's just a there's the gamer thing is overplayed with calling guys that, but like there's just something about that kid, you know. He's just got that toughness to him. So I, I'm there with Jake Hayner. I'll say for Hendon Hooker, could he be a starter in the NFL? I think it's possible, right? Because I think that in the NFL. The, sometimes the floor does matter more for the ceiling for finding these quarterbacks in short-term basis, right? And I, I think that there is a question for a variety of reasons with Hendon Hooker as far as the upside. One is he's a twenty; he's going to be a 25-year-old rookie, going to be 26 during that rookie season. He's also coming out of a Josh Heupel offense, which you mentioned, which is great on the college level, but how translatable is that to the NFL? That's obviously going to be a little bit of a question mark there. And he's coming off the ACL tear, so the question is, you know, when is his – rehab going to get him full tilt this offseason to really get on the field, digest, be able to work with those receivers wherever he ends up. So I think he's still going to go here somewhere in the second or third rounds. I would be shocked if he falls out of day two because I just think that there's such a high floor to him. You know, I mean, at worst, he's a really good backup quarterback, but I think that there could be a trajectory that he is, you know, year two, year three, developed into a starting quarterback. It's just the, the obvious question is, 
how long is the window open for a guy like a handed hooker? Because at the end of his first contract, he's going to be 30 years old, right? So that's kind of where yeah. things get a little bit a little bit eerie. But I do think that he has the talent to be a starting quarterback at some point in his career, maybe just more on a short-term basis versus long-term. What about Anthony Richardson? And when we talk about the physical gifts, we, we've seen what he has – what he can do on the field. We also know that there's a lot of limitations right now. Completion percentage, accuracy, uh, just, you know, developing as a quarterback. But he went four overall to the Colts. Is this somebody that maybe sits out? Could, could they possibly sit him out a couple of seasons? It just doesn't really happen anymore in the NFL. I think the plan is going to be for Anthony because one good thing that I think that that organization did this offseason, obviously Shane Steichen coming in from the Philadelphia Eagles, but they also brought in Gardner Minshew with them, who, you know, is is a capable player, right? Like he's not a long-term answer, obviously, at the quarterback position, but if he starts a couple games, half a season, even a full season, it's going to be okay enough, right? Like he's not going to kill you necessarily. He's going to do enough for you to win some football games. And so I think they bring him in with the Shane Steichen, obviously, offense coming in. And what Shane was able to do last year and over the last two – well, he, last year he was the main play caller, obviously, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts, I think that that skill set with Anthony Richardson really does fit in well. So I think the great thing is whenever Anthony is ultimately the guy for the Indianapolis Colts, you can kind of – I don't want to say dumb it down, but you can be very simplistic with your approach, right? Like let's not throw too much on the kid's plate from a protection perspective – Let's keep the playbook maybe halfway open, not fully open, but we can still run the quarterback power, quarterback run game, the read option, all that type of stuff to really assimilate him into the game. And that gives him a high floor, the ability to run the football as well. So I think that they're going to be a little bit cautious with him because I think people also forget, you know, everybody wants the instant gratification and be able to see this guy play, but he's only 21 years old. You know, like we are talking about three, the three first quarterbacks that went are all still under the age of 22 years old. So it is a young quarterback class. And I think that Anthony Richardson is going to be eased along slightly and at the end of the day, though, man, with a new head coach and Shane Steichen, this is the pick that is either going to cement your era here, right, and really push it into the future, or it might keep you on a little bit of a short leash in a couple seasons if you don't get this one right. So I like Richardson. I like the upside. I think it's a good fit with Shane Steichen in that offense when he's going to run in Indianapolis. But I do think there's a little bit of a tentative, like, hey, let's not force this kid too early. But when we do, I think that he is shown as an offensive play caller that he can accentuate his strengths and get the best out of him in, in kind of a simplistic approach, in my opinion. A lot of people were obviously surprised about Detroit's draft. If this was like 1994, getting a linebacker and a running back in the first round, probably a good idea. I don't know so much in 2023, but I do like Jameer Gibbs a lot. He goes 12. I think that was the pick that surprised everybody. But what surprised me is... Like the Lions said, even if it was if they're, if they're picking in the top five, they like Gibbs that much that they would have picked him top five. So that means they probably had him on their board over Bijan. And when you look at these two backs, because they both go pretty early in the first round, you know, like what would it be where you like Gibbs more than Bijan? Because I, I mean, I love Bijan. I guess maybe Gibbs is the better pass catcher, the route runner. But what do you see with these two backs? And do you like the picks for their respective teams? Yeah, it was a really interesting pick because obviously, I mean, I, I saw, when I saw the Lions make the selection, I'm like, you have DeAndre Swift and you have David Montgomery already under contract. I, I feel like that that was my my big pushback, right? Because I'm actually I'm a huge Jameer Gibbs fan. I had I had a late first round grade on him, which for a running back is actually a really nice grade in a vacuum, right? But I, I really think that the, it's just the value conversation of picking him there and then picking Jack Campbell, who's your true Mike linebacker in the top twenty. Like those are just two 
positions that have really depreciated at the NFL level. So that's obviously the pushback. When you're comparing Bijan to Jameer, it's apples to oranges. It really is. I mean, because Bijan, for me, is the best running back to come out since at least Saquon, maybe since Gurley, honestly. He might even be a better overall prospect, in my opinion, since Saquon, uh, than Saquon Barkley. Because I think that it's the all-around game that really showcases itself, right? Like, he's got those dynamic jump cuts. He's a really explosive football player. But he's also a really good inside runner, which is something that Saquon wasn't incredible at, you know, coming out of Penn State. He was more of a, I'm going to bounce a lot and, you know, the jump cut and be a little bit creative. Bijan could be a hammer. He can work to the perimeter. He could also catch the football really well down the football field. I mean, he's an all-around skill set at 215-plus pounds. So I think that he was the foregone conclusion for me, in my opinion, as the running back one. I don't think there was many question marks there. Jameer is a super interesting player, though, when we're comparing the two. Because Jameer is much more in the Jamal Charles, Alvin Kamara vein of running backs, right? Like, he's not going to ever be, in my opinion, the dynamic inside runner just because he's a little bit of a smaller guy right around 200 pounds he doesn't have the the strongest lower body of all time he's much more I am going to stress a defense laterally and then I am going to hit a home run because I'm going to find a gap so he's an inside outside zone runner but I think the dynamic ability and the separator is that while Bijan is a really nice receiver especially for a 250 pound back Jameer Gibbs could legitimately play slot receiver if you wanted him to, right? Like, he's one of those modern-day running backs. So you can motion him out into the slot. You can play him into the boundary at times, I think, especially if you get a matchup against a linebacker. You can obviously do some of the work out of the backfield with angles, option routes, all that great stuff, screen game. And he's really a dynamic outside and inside zone runner. Not the power guy that obviously Bijan is, but I really think that his profile in with how the game is played today is an absolute perfect match. Talking to Ryan Roberts, uh, speaking of slot receivers, that seems to be the trend of what kind of the projections are for a lot of the receivers in this draft, especially the ones that went in the first round. We had a run on a couple more again tonight. I mean, Jonathan Mingo goes to the uh, goes to the Panthers. You got Jaden Reed going to your Green Bay Packers over there. When, when you look at the receivers that have been drafted now, who has not just the highest upside, but who's maybe in the best situation to succeed? I mean, I honestly think it's Jackson Smith and Jake Bad pick mm-hmm. 20. I really do because I, I think it's just such an easy fit. And it's also one where he is not – It's it reminds me of two years ago when he was on Ohio State where you had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Except now you have DK Metcalf and you have Tyler Lockett, right? It's like those guys are going to have so much of the attention. Jackson Smith and Jake is going to make a really easy transition into the slot receiver position. And I think he's going to really provide short to intermediate route running, ability to get in and out of breaks – Really, just the ability to create instant separation in the passing game, I think is going to be big for Geno because obviously DK is a vertically oriented. Uh, DK is a vertically oriented receiver at you know six foot three plus two hundred thirty pounds. Tyler Lockett's also a guy that can really stretch the field. So having him as that kind of underneath separator, I think, will be big time. I wouldn't be shocked if he is you know in contention for the most catches on that football team when all is said and done. Because I think it's going to be spread out a lot more. It's just. The other two are going to obviously average more yards per catch. They're going to be a little bit more vertically oriented. But I think that he's the third option day one. He's the starting slot receiver. And then when Tyler Lockett's gone in a year or two, because he's getting a little bit up there in age, and I know that they've been talking about, you know, potentially how long is the window for him to be on the Seattle Seahawks, you know, into the future. I think that Jackson Smith and Jigba makes an easy transition into the number two role in that offense with DK Metcalf. So it's a little bit, you know, 
no-brainer, I, I think, to, to say wide receiver one might be the most successful. But I really love the fit because I just don't think he's going to be forced fed the ball all the time. I think that he has players around him that are going to be able to take some of the the you know the 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 target off his back a little bit and be able to make a lot of plays. Uh, we only got about sixty seconds. Uh, who on the defensive side of the ball do you think would be the was the steal of the draft so far? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think that for me, it's Christian Gonzalez at pick 17 to the New England Patriots. I thought he was going to be cornerback too. So when I saw Emmanuel Forbes actually go off the off the board to the Washington Commanders at 166 pounds, like I liked Emmanuel Forbes, but I was like, man, that is a little bit of a reach to take him over Christian Gonzalez. I thought Gonzalez had a chance to be the first corner off the board. I thought he was going to potentially be a top 10 pick. So New England Patriots get him at 17. You've seen historically Ty Law, Stephon Gilmore. When they've had a great shutdown corner, they've been at their best defensively, and I think that he really fits the bill there. Yeah, I'm a Commanders fan, and I really wanted Christian Gonzalez. But you know what? I'll take Forbes because they need somebody that can get some interceptions for him. So if he picks off a bunch of, bunch of balls, gets him some pick sixes, I'll be happy. I'll take it. But, yeah, he's a he's a skinny guy to say the least. So, uh, Ryan Roberts, riseanddraft.com. Appreciate you coming on with us on a Thanks, busy man. night for sure. Absolutely, fellas. Thank you, guys.